Hello and welcome to this episode of B Radio's Workplace Takeover. Today we're joined by Kat Ansu from Makan Malaysia. Uh, now, Makan Malaysia is a Malaysian food catering business set up by best friends Kat Ansu, who grew up in Malaysia. Makan Malaysia produces and delivers Malaysian food across the UK in chilled boxes to suit everyone's needs and help you satisfy those exotic taste buds right from the comfort of your own home. Thank you so much, Kat Ansu, for joining us today. Really excited. Um, let's start off um, by finding out how did this relationship, best friends, how did that start out? <laughs> well, oh, it's embarrassing. So uh, we both grew up in Malaysia, and I've been in the school for, since I was a kid. But then Kat moved to Malaysia in like year nine, and you know that first day of school you get assigned a buddy, and I was there in the classroom like me, me, pick me, I'll take her. And I haven't shaken her. <laughs> oh, you've been still trying to get rid of her. I'm yeah. a clingy best friend. She's <laughs> got no choice. <laughs> Um, so what was it like growing up in Malaysia then? Now, Because you're the first guest from, I think, another country. Tell us a bit more about growing up in Malaysia. It was great. It was warm, that's for sure. Yeah, so. good weather and mostly good food. Like everything centers around food, breakfast, lunch, dinner, in between. You'll be eating lunch and be like, okay, where are we going to go eat next? My okay. type of people. That's what we like to hear. My, my type of people right there. Food is life. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of um, moving over, why did, you, why did you decide to come over to um, beautiful town of Reading. <laughs> so um, our school was actually an international British international school so half our teachers were pretty much British and all our friends were so it was kind of like the natural progression to come to the UK for uni and then we moved to the area for like work and Kat soon followed yeah, from London. So, um, <laughs> I'm half British so my dad was a teacher in the school actually and then came over here for uni and family and stuff and then yeah we kind of just migrated this way. <laughs> I'm not sure just like it just happened. Here it's because you, uh, you, you were both meant to be together. Yeah. <laughs> one of you went over to the UK. It was like, no, I need, I need my soulmate. I need my buddy again. We um, were apart for like one year, I think. Well, then, less than that. Because obviously like the uni calendar is like, what, nine months? And then I think as soon as the uh, term ended, I was like, Kat, I'm coming over. And then I moved into her grandma's house for a little bit. And she kind of took me in. Yeah, you became her buddy yeah. then. Yeah. Oh, that's Role key, reversal. Yeah, exactly. It's a brilliant little um, story there. So um, Makan Malaysia then, where did that come back? Because you, you, you'd done your studying. Um, how did the idea come? So we were both in corporate for a while. Um, and I think like Sue left her job and then we were like, let's do something. Yeah, it's um, like now or never. We are young enough, still have the energy for it. And we don't have like children or anything. So, you know, we were like, we've got the time, got the energy and let's do it. Um, and we're just like, oh, what makes us happy? Food. food. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, yeah, let's do something we're passionate about. And that was food and Malaysian food yeah. in particular. So makan means eat in Malaysia. So our ga- uh, goal, goal, <laughs> goal slash aim, game, uh, was always like teach people about Malaysia through the food and the cuisine. So makan Malaysia, eat Malaysia. So it's everything about it. A lot it. of people we'd met and like, uh, obviously spoken about being from Malaysia, they'd be like, oh, is that like near Thailand or like Singapore? And we're like, no, Malaysia is Malaysia. It's its own country. So we just wanted to like, you know, push that and just share all that Malaysian goodness. Yeah, stand up for Malaysia. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So what was that first, what was the first like few weeks like? Because um, I'm guessing you'd never been entrepreneurs before and owning no. your own business. What was those first few weeks like uh, having your own business? It was like fun in my head because I left corporate first and in my head it was going to be like green smoothies, Pilates, looking really cute. and then, Like Instagram entrepreneurs, yeah. yeah. And then the real life set was like it's quite hard actually it's, it's quite hard yeah <laughs> yeah uh, what do you think you learned in those first few weeks then 
uh, I think the responsibility is all yours. Like you can choose to have your green smoothies, but if you don't get work done, no one will chase you for it and nothing then gets done. So I think that kind of responsibility and having no one else to check up on you. Um, yeah, just, that, everything costs money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to direct this question um, at um, you, Sue. What do you, how do you feel like the, 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 the corporate life helped you in this then? I think um, lots of management and planning and I guess like project management. I think that's the thing that I, I probably would have taken on most from corporate. Like we have so many like plates spinning and so many things to go on and trying not to like lose track of where we are at different projects and keeping things all in line. Like we've got great Excel spreadsheets. Don't know how often we open them, but like, you know, getting that organized and onto paper is something that corporate definitely helps with. Um, would you would you say um, that's something that you'd recommend to um, budding entrepreneurs as well, getting stuff down on paper? Um, yes, or whatever like means works for you. Because I know some people like write on iPads or whatever. But for me, like visually on a piece of paper or on a spreadsheet, just getting everything written out and off of your head. Like sometimes it can get swirling and swirling and get lost in your own thoughts. But once it's all down, it's like ah, clean <laughs> and you know where to go from there. So you're you're a few weeks into um, working um, on, on this exciting new project, Kat, and um, uh, it, it's going okay. What was the when when was the first sort of disagreement that you two had? Did you ever have a little bust up? Because I always feel like best friends uh, setting up a business. There's bound to be a bust up that somewhere. I think in this case, being good friends, sorry, best friends. <laughs> oh, oh, the truth is coming out now. Who's the, who's the actual best friend? This is the, this is the stuff we get on B Radio. <laughs> Anyway, she's um, gone pink for the people who I can't know, see. <laughs> um, helped us because we sort of know our tells and like we know when we're grinding on each other, so we kind of just don't talk or like take each other off. So there's no major bus. Has there been? I know. I think just we have tense moments with each other, but as Kat mentioned, because we know each other so well, it's just a case of like giving space and then checking in. Yeah, a little side look to see if it's okay. Like bring some food, drop it off, and then like scurry away later on. And, and sometimes I'll just be whole days where we don't talk because mm. we're like we need the space. Mm. So. <laughs> and then you just bring each other food and be like, yeah, yeah there yeah. we go. Mm. Food is life. To be mm. fair, usually like it is because we haven't eaten, <laughs> so you just slide a little snack across and you're like, oh, we can talk. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> so now can we talk? Yeah, yeah, essentially. All right, fair enough. Um, so what what advice or what? what what sort of roles do you guys have? Because I feel like potentially is everything sort of you both make every single decision together or do you have different um, roles um, in the business? We kind of try to define our roles, but then I don't know, we're sort of units, so they kind of merge. Um, but for example, Sue takes care of like the accounts and stuff because I just... I'd like to spend money. Sue likes to save money. So. It's good balance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but generally, like all the big decisions we'll make together, I think just partly for reassurance as well, mm. which is the benefit of having both of us that we can yeah. be like, is this the right thing? And then if it all goes up Wrong. in the air, yeah, um, we can blame each other. So it's fine. Mm. We can share that blame. Now, Malaysia is a country that's um, sort of often in the news when we're talking about climate change. You know, the impacts that it, uh, Malaysia, um, the impacts that climate change could have uh, will probably be seen in, in, in Malaysia. Um, uh, Malaysia will be one of the first countries that see it. So how important is um, sustainability and um, sort of looking at your, your, the impacts that you're having on climate change? Sustainability is really important for us. Um, it's something that we wanted to make sure we were conscious of when we started, especially with the home deliveries, because you get so much like individually plastic wrapped items so that's always been key for us because you know we love Malaysia we love the planet we just 
want to keep it going so all of our packaging is completely plastic free uh home compostable as well which is, i think is really important because i think sometimes people don't understand that you can get a compostable item but unless it goes to a special ma- manufacturer it just ends up in landfill whereas all, all of our stuff is home compostable um again plastic free and also like half our menu is vegan so and we always try to push all of our vegan options as well because we think that every little bit kind of helps in that there's sense. definitely always more we can be doing but oh definitely yeah. um yeah we just we wanted to start off right and then hopefully keep you know building on how much we can help with sustainability yeah so you started off as a um uh as um what did you start off as a, did you start off as an online shop i believe no we started actually making sambal which is the malaysian chili sauce right okay and then sort of started with supper clubs in sue's house um with friends and little feedback forms Um, (laughs) and then yeah moved on to like events in other spaces and then because of covid we switched to an online shop just so we could keep feeding people yeah throughout the time and how important was that um to in terms of um you know uh, reacting to the pandemic because you're still you're still a new business and new business are very fragile mm-hmm. um you know one you know a pandemic eliminated a lot of um, l- um small businesses so how important was it that you reacted and reacted quickly um we had to um well don't get us wrong as soon as like boris made that announcement about lockdown we popped open a bottle of wine and cried for a couple of days just because we had like our first weddings and festivals booked that year um (laughs) but we had to continue working not just because uh of a want but we we needed to we're not we weren't eligible for any uh government grant schemes because we weren't working long enough but you know we still have bills like everyone else so we just had to work so we just literally tried everything and then we had this idea of like can you send food out to like everyone because we tried doing home deliveries but I realised I get quite angry when I can't find houses especially when houses don't have names oh, like oh my don't goodness don't get me started yeah um, yeah so that was a real struggle so then we were thinking like surely we can get someone to deliver our food then we looked around all of like the delivery options and you know there are really high prices with like most of the mainstream delivery brands but then we found away with our chilled insulated boxes it's not a new concept because for example like some of the well-knowns like HelloFresh and Gusto boxes it is possible to send chilled food through the post so we did something similar I did our research and found the good packaging material again that was a top priority for us if we couldn't um, then we wouldn't have done it and then yeah here we are <laughs> I'm sure the delivery drivers out there will really appreciate this. If you're listening, please make sure that the number on your door is clear <laughs> yes. and it stands out. And maybe there's a light next to it as well. I've done deliveries before and it is stressful at night time when it you can't find the house. Yeah. So fair play to you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, obviously, working with your best friend um, uh, during the pandemic, I'm going to go back to what I asked about sort of in terms of bus stops. How did your dynamic change there? Because obviously you're, you're both very stressed at this point. You're not getting that government support. <laughs> a lot of people were talking about sort of the, the support that people were getting, but a lot of small businesses weren't getting that support. How did the dynamic change between you two? And who was the first one to go, right, we're going to stop crying, we're going to close this bottle of wine, and we're going to do something about it? Um, I think I went home for... Oh, this is, this is funny. Sorry. I went home and I was like, okay, I'll probably have to stay with Sue for a couple of days just whilst we like sort through it. And then I turned up at Sue's house with like a little backpack and she's like, you're not going back home. So I basically, I moved into her house with her partner for like six months. Um, And that, yeah. Yeah, so then it took off. And I guess like um, in terms of bust ups and we were working so hard uh, our our days were like 8am to 4am like there was no time for a bust up we were just like ground 
like grinded because like there was so much work that we could take on and we didn't understand the word no because at this time you don't know where your next paycheck or how much money is going to come in so any kind of offer or order that came through we were like yes 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 and it was tough because there were times where we couldn't find any of our usual ingredients like coconut milk you know driving all around oh. town and it was tough so in that sense we just we, we Did didn't it. even like talk as people we were just like doing so when you do stuff there's no like no emotion there so and i think we were just like on the same wavelength we, were, like, we didn't have a discussion to be like okay let's get it done we like we figured out the way to do it and we were just did it yeah and kept going <laughs> yeah we mentioned um government support there before what do you feel like the government can do in order to support um, more of these small businesses because it felt like a lot of like i said earlier a lot of small businesses went down under during the pandemic uh what can um uh, the government do to to help you guys out it's just money just yeah. just to be like just totally frank and honest people just need money um to support the businesses uh people are like as consumers people are afraid to spend as well so I don't know how they should distribute the money or where it should go to, but I guess at the end of the day, any kind of business just needs money. <laughs> and yeah. I guess they, what was that thing they did before where it's like... Oh, the, they don't suggest that you stay at home if you can. Yeah. And like, I think you have to be quite privileged to be able to stay at home and work like that. But for people like us and for lots of many people, like you have to go out to work. Mm. So we were already immediately dropped off from like... and on people's it, radars. Yeah, so... And just, I don't know, any scheme to help promote a small business. I think um, well, it was the dine out for £10 or something they did one time, but obviously that was to like the mainstream restaurants and stuff. Yeah. And it didn't really come down to this sort of level, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we're, well, we're, we're kind of through the pandemic and you're still here, so that's a win. <laughs> yeah. That is a huge Surviving. win. Surviving. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with the um, TV show, The Apprentice? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, uh, so I like that reaction, right? So if anyone doesn't know, The Apprentice is where um, a few um, budding entrepreneurs um, basically um, do some tasks in order to win £250,000 uh, for their business from Lord Sugar. And in exchange, Lord Sugar basically owns 50% of your business after that. He invests. Um, so if you were to win the apprentice you were given the two hundred fifty thousand pounds from um thingy you can't spend it on a bottle of wine um <laughs> what are you spending that two hundred fifty thousand on? a vineyard on? No, I'm <laughs> <just joking>. <laughs> <laughs> um well we'd go out for dinner mm. and then we'd make a business plan i think uh, a food truck, a food truck is, would yeah. be amazing um and they are expensive we'd want like a really sexy food truck I yeah, think, yeah like, a sexy food truck yeah. that's what i like to see yeah 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 um, and that would probably be most of the budget. <laughs> Dude, just on the trip, there you go. Alan Sugar comes in. Where did you spend all my two hundred fifty k? Yeah, it was definitely not the the dinner that we had. Yeah, I know that's what it says. Um, no, fair enough. Uh, have you ever thought of? Because um, if anyone doesn't know, University of Reading has like an international food market. Yeah. Have you ever thought of doing something like that? We have tried a few times to get in touch with the right people, but we just haven't been able to. Even like the local uh, Reading, there's a Reading uh, Malaysian Society as well, and we've tried to be in touch with them, but we just hint, hint. No, yeah, <laughs> if they're listening. If, you, if you're listening out there, University of Reading, you need to sort it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and get you oh, sorted out for that. Thanks. I'll find out who, who I need to speak to for that. Um, if you could go back right to the beginning and do something differently, what would you do? And you're both your eyes um, lit up then, so I'm guessing you've thought of this. Uh, something not perishable. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, that's difficult. Uh, something easier? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Well, it's quite hard to say because, you know, again, on Instagram and the life, you look at any other business and it automatically looks easier. Like for someone who like... I don't know, design stationery, you just design notebooks. But I know there's so much more behind that, so I'm not knocking that, but I'm just... It always feels like the grass is always greener. Yeah, that's I what guess. I'm trying to say. <laughs> I oh, think... Yeah. I don't know what we would change, really. 
I mean, it's been a journey. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I, I think that's always good. Um, and, and like you said, it's 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 always perspective. I mean, we do that in our own sort of mm. personal lives. Or so and so has it easier because of X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. But, you, but you just never truly know. Um, what 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 is it that motivates you then in the morning? So when you wake up, or when there's those when those those days when you just really can't be bothered, what motivates you to get out of bed and absolutely smash it, like you have done? I don't know. <laughs> I think it for me, it's like eating food so i know uh, so i guess it's it goes back to how it all started where we just were craving lots of malaysian food and i think a lot of the joy that we get is like experimenting with new recipes and trying to get out so it's about okay today let's try and make this kind of dish and then that's the kind of motivating thing i think what it is struggling sometimes is that when we have our online shop that menu is set and we're always just doing the same things but when we get to be a bit more creative and explore then it gets a bit more fun so like for example tonight we're at a supper club and you know with that menu we could go wild and go creative and show people really good time and i think that's that's like the exciting thing yeah. but on a simpler level sue will just message me in the morning and be like what are we having for breakfast <laughs> and that gets her out of bed so. honestly if you see our whatsapp chat now it was like should we stop at cafe yog yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah, i mean uh, that, i imagine that if, you, if you've not had food yet how can you serve good food exactly. you know what i mean exactly. if you haven't eaten good food mm-hmm. you can't serve good food um so i'm gonna ask um, some final few questions you guys have built a very personal brand right a uh, very personable brand on social media you've all you got over five thousand followers on instagram you're doing very well i've noticed you've got tiktoks going on um uh, uh, and your, your face is out there do you know a lot of small businesses tend not to do that they're a bit scared to put their faces out there why have you gone d- down that route um just because we didn't have a storefront so we knew that we had to find our customers and like convince like create a need for our business and the only way we could do that is through social media so um it was through that really and in terms of getting our faces on there i guess like it's it's so much more than a plate of food and that's what we're trying to share like the culture behind the food it's kind of like the understanding of why this dish is important why why it's so delicious separate to like the ingredients then that's gone into it and i think the only way to do that is by literally telling them why this is great this, this is great <laughs> this is amazing it, it yeah. was hard at first like and i think really scary to put our yeah. faces on and it's always that first video where you're like Oh, I maybe think, we should do this again. And I think the first time I did a, a story and I showed my face, I went out the house, I went to the shops and I was like, oh my God, people are going to recognize me. It's going to be so embarrassing. But honestly, nobody cares. Like <laughs> All the fame is getting to you. Yeah. Like, the paparazzi, the media, everyone. <laughs> exactly. And like literally nobody cares. And I think in terms of like uh, engagement and stuff, when you do show your face, the, the benefit is so much greater. But I can walk down the street and nobody knows who we are. And it, like, Not, yet. <laughs> Not yet. When you're in The Apprentice, everyone will be out You'll have to come back, back, back to be radio oh, and do an interview. Don't forget us. Don't forget us when you get Come famous. Come for a yeah. £250,000 dinner. Yeah, exactly. We like 50k dinner. There you go. 250. If you want to spend all of it, you know, it's not my money. Um, so, uh, if, if if someone out there wants to order some uh, Macan Malaysian food, how do they get it? Just head to the website, macanmalaysia.co.uk. Um, go to the shop, scroll the menu, and order just like a normal online shop. Awesome. Uh, and if they want to get involved, um, are, are you guys taking people on yet? Or are you are you are you not sure of doing that uh, as of right now? What's the process going? Yeah, always looking. Um, yeah, always open to see what we can do. Amazing. So that was Kat and Sue from Makan Malaysia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Until next time on the B Radio Workplace Takeover.